You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Any news today, Tito, at all? (laughs) (laughs) Dang, Rosie. (laughs) That's your job. This is the Rosie Report. The next round's on Rosie, and we'll read his credit card number here in just a moment. Regular season roundup. Catch it, Rosie! Nicely done, Rosebud. Now, here's Jim Rosenhouse. Bases loaded. Drive down a run. One down in the seventh. Infield back. Double play depth. Is Rosario taking 3-1. Here it comes. Ball four. It's low. Tie game. Chatwood's walked four in a row. We'll have a pitching change. We've got a new ball game. Now the pitch. Slider swung on line to right field. Back goes Gritchick, makes the catch. Tagging is Zimmer. Throw to the plate, slides in safely. Ball game for the Indians on a walk-off sacrifice fly to right by Jose Ramirez. So the Indians stun the Blue Jays and win the game with two in the seventh without the benefit of a base hit. Four walks and a sacrifice fly, and the Indians get their fourth walk-off win of the season, and this literally was a walk-off win. How about that finish to some kind of crazy day of baseball at Progressive Field on Sunday as the Indians wrapped up their series with the Toronto Blue Jays with a walk-off win, literally walks galore in the sixth and seventh innings from uh, Blue Jays closer Tyler Chatwood and the Indians win it on the Jose Ramirez sack fly taking game two of the doubleheader. First time the Indians have played the seven-inning style doubleheaders that are now the rule in Major League Baseball. But it, it wrapped up a, boy, a goofy series with the Blue Jays when you look back at the crazy weather on Friday night that they played through. Blue Jays won that game 11-2, to and then uh, the postponement on Saturday, and then the doubleheader on Sunday that saw the Blue Jays win game one, 4-1, to and the Tribe come back and take the nightcap and win that one 6-5. to five. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. It's our Memorial Day edition of the Rosie Report, regular season roundup, and uh, it's the Blue Jays series recap as uh, the weekend continues here, long weekend, and hope you take some time today to remember those who served, have served, are serving in our, our nation's military and all that they have gone through and those families that mourn the loss of those who have served So uh, certainly a day of remembrance and also a day of baseball downtown as the Indians will play a doubleheader again, this time against the Chicago White Sox. In just a little bit, we'll hear from Mike Chernoff, the Indians general manager, get some updates on the pitching situation for the Tribe, which is dangerously thin, especially with all these games in a short period of time. But first, a recap of yesterday's action from Indians bench coach DeMarlo Hale. First time we've really had a chance to to meet DeMarlo and and hear him talk and get some of his thoughts on the game as he filled in for Terry Francona yesterday. Tito over in Newport, Rhode Island for the wedding 
of his daughter and a nice family wedding there for him. So he was away from the team and DeMarlo filled in and after the game he talked about the Indians battling to the very end of a long day of baseball, a doubleheader day, and winning it in the final inning of game two. You know, they, they just kept plugging along and um, I heard some conversation in the dugout that, that was very positive. You know, let's have good at bats, you know, uh, let's keep grinding. So, um, and then they came through, you know, that um, sixth inning when we pushed four across and tied, you know, it was just with some good at bats and, you know, it's, it's good to kind of hear conversations as the game go on because early on, you know, Matt's um, done a good job of, of really um, shutting us down. We had a few good swings, but, you know, that's why you got gloves and the defense out there. You know, they picked up the ball to make the plays. Um, but a uh, very good comeback win for us. It's the feeling when you're in a game, in a situation like that, and you got Jose Ramirez at the plate with the game on the line. Well, it's a good feeling, and, and, and one of the decisions that I, you know, went with with um, pitching Zimmer because I saw him struggling against lefties, and um, I said, look, if I can get back to the top of the order, you know, with Hernandez being a lefty and, you know, Rosario, um, Ahmed, you know, he's had some good at-bats. You know, you never know if we get to um, Hosey, and, and sure enough, it did. What did you think of Hengis today? You know what, early on, he had some swing and miss. Um, and, you know, I thought he was aggressive throwing the ball. And then I thought that he lost the strike zone. And when the big blow by Hernandez came, um, you know, was going to try to give him a chance to work, you know, through that a little bit, maybe a run, you know, thinking maybe two. But after the big blow, I didn't want it to snowball. And, you know, I, I got to stay in the game to kind of give our offense a chance to come back or um, just, just to be in the game because it was still early. You know, went to Mejia. You know, he done a good job, you know, kind of settled him down. Uh, and then the bullpen, all four of those guys done an outstanding job. Mejia, um, <clears throat> Whitgren, um, Stephan. So, you know, it was just that moment, that big blow kind of done it for me, the, the three-run double by Hernandez. And um, we had Mahia ready, so we went with him. You mentioned the positive, you know, outlook or attitude in the dugout. Is that especially encouraging to see during a time when you guys are without Fran Mill and kind of looking for production at really any spot that you can find it for? Yeah, I, I think collectively, you know, we we got to do it collectively, you know. Um, and um, it's positive and, you know, it's a good sign that these guys are not giving up um, even in, you know, situations where you're down four or five runs, you know, they, they're still grinding. And, you know, that's just a compliment to these players. And, um, you know, we're pushing this as an organization to uh, play the game the right way and uh, compete to um, the last out. So uh, it's very good. I'm, I'm very pleased with the effort. What do you think of Savali in game one? You know what? I, I thought he was pretty good. And, um, you know, he made a couple of mistakes, the solo home runs. But, you know, you've been around this game long enough. You, you, you're okay with that. Um, you know, early um, in that first game, I, I don't think we helped him as much as we could. You know, the sun got in our eyes. Uh, there was a ball dropped down the right field. 
another cube base hit, uh, I think, left field. But, you know, he, he's a competitor. He stayed with it. You know, he, he gave us uh, and kept us in position to uh, come back and win a ball game. You know, like I said, I, I thought he was pretty good. Did you think of how Naylor swung the bat in the first game? Um, just how he swung the bat overall today. You know, he, he's, he's got a, uh, a better plan, I, I would say. You know, when you see him hitting the ball uh, the opposite way and up the middle, you know, we, we know you got the power to turn on it and, and, and hit it out the ballpark. But, you know, I, I thought this, um, this doubleheader, he had a pretty good approach and, and uh, you know, had, a, had an idea or thought what he was doing against the lefty. That's not an easy lefty to um, – to handle, and um, you know, I thought he had some pretty good at bats against him. Demarlo, when when you see four guys walk in a row like that, is that does you know the concentration level just pick up from a batter to a batter when they see a guy struggling to throw strikes? Does that just uh, kind of guarantee better at bats almost? Well, I, I, you heard the saying that it get contagious, but. You know, I, I think also the players realized that there was a little struggle throwing strikes. So um, they, they shrunk their strike zone, you know, uh, and, and met the, the situation that, you know, we were going through in the game at that time. And, you know, that's part of, you know, growing and understanding the game and, and trying to put yourself in the best position, you know, to, uh, you know, have some success and have good at bat. So it, it was good to see for sure. Yeah, I thought we swung the bats better the second game. You know, we hit some balls pretty good. Um, like I said, they, you know, was in the right position. They got gloves on and they, you know, made some plays. So, uh, but it's, it's good to see that that concentration was there, you know, toward the latter part of the game, late innings. I'm sure waking up knowing you have four games in two days, you worry about the pitching. Do you feel better about handing it back to Tito with where the pitching is after this, after today? Yeah, I, I, I do because, I mean, me and Carl was, was going through, um, you know, a lot of conversation during the game and, you know, um, Savali was going pretty good. So we let him go um, until, you know, the, the lefty McGuire got the double. But, you know, Maton came in and, and, and done an excellent job as well. And if you look at their pitch count, you know, from the bullpen, uh, really Mejia, I think, is the only one that, probably threw more pitches than uh, any of them. So um, I, I think in emergency, they probably can, you know, go back to back. But when you look out there, we have some arms um, and Sandlin and Nelson and Kirchak and that, that can get us through um, the doubleheader or maybe one of those guys that we need be. Milo, do, do you know who's going to start uh, the other game tomorrow besides Tristan? I don't. Um, we're going to work through that um, here tonight and in the morning. Um, but I know Tristan um, is starting game one. And uh, we'll work through that um, tonight and in the morning probably. Fun to get some perspectives from DeMarlo Hale. And again, just with the way things are with uh, Zoom calls and, and uh, being away from the team due to the COVID restrictions, really haven't had a chance to meet him 
and get his thoughts on, on different things baseball-related. But that was fun to hear him talk about the day at hand and a lot of moving parts, my goodness, pitching-wise, as you heard at the end there. Still trying to figure some things out. And that's what we talked about with Indians general manager Mike Chernoff this weekend, the pitching situation for the Tribe. And uh, they've been shuttling some different pitchers in and out. We saw Eli Morgan make his major league debut as a starter on Friday night. And uh, there's some other starting pitchers that we saw in spring training and, and even earlier in the regular season that you thought might be options, specifically Scott Moss, the big left-hander, and Logan Allen, who made the club and started the season in the rotation for the Tribe, both not with the ball club right now in situations where they might be. And Mike explained what's going on with both, and he started with Logan Allen. Yeah, I think those guys will be. I mean, Logan obviously had a great spring training um, came up and struggled a bit. He went back down to AAA, um, and we're just trying to, you know, get his mechanics back and get his mindset in the right place. Um, he got banged up a little bit, so he was out for a couple of weeks, but he's on a return to throw now, and he should be back out there relatively soon. Scott Moss um, has dealt with some intermittent back stuff from time to time. It flared up on him. He came in and got checked, and he was fine through a bullpen on Thursday. I think he's starting tomorrow uh, in AAA. So hopefully both of the, those guys will be options in the near future. Um, you know, we're obviously hanging by a thread right now with with really um, just a couple of our established starters up here and, and going young with the other guys and, and trying to stretch out our bullpen a little bit. So we're hoping to get through this stretch um, despite it being sort of unconventionally. We're hoping to get through it okay. I know that most of the time you'd, you'd like to be able to fill spots from within the organization, do you reach a certain point though, where, where you're you're starting to look outside and see if there are some options that make sense? We we are always evaluating all potential options. Um, at the same time, I do feel I think you know, despite being so young, I do think we have a lot of good options, and so you kind of have to weigh the types of guys that could be out there that you might be able to get, even if they're veterans versus some of the young guys that you have and wanting to give guys like that a chance. You know, last night uh, weren't the best conditions to uh, be able to see Eli Morgan. I'm not sure it was totally fair to uh, to pass any judgment on that outing, but, you know, he's a young starter that we really like and feel like has some great potential. Um, and some of the other guys that we have that we've brought up, obviously we want to continue to give Tristan a chance um, to succeed. We'll probably get Cal Quantrill a chance um, to work his way into the rotation or at least lengthen him out a little bit and even jc mejia you know whether it's in a kind of um longer type of role in the bullpen or get him uh potentially some starting innings we feel like he's a guy that we think can really help us in some way so we we would like to try to go internally at the same time we'll of course always evaluate all options tribe general manager mike chernoff joining us mike uh, terry francona won his 700th game as an indians manager earlier this week and and he's going to to hit the all-time top list um, for Indians managers sometime this season, no question. Uh, what has allowed him? I mean, there's a shelf life for major league managers, no question. What has allowed him to, to kind of stay ahead of that curve and, and keep a fresh message for this team over what is now a, a lengthy period of time as Indians manager? I mean, you must have pictures on all of us, right? <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. He, Tito, you know, you're talking about a Hall of Fame type manager who um, he just he is tremendous. The way that he connects with players, the environment that he creates, the ability to get the most out of a young team. We've seen this now multiple times through. 
this is like a this is a nine year stretch where we have more wins than any other team in the American League, despite having a payroll of like a billion dollars less, or literally almost a billion dollars less over that stretch than the next best team. And Tito does never complain about that. Tito says, whatever the situation is, we're going to grind our way through it. We're never going to back down from a challenge and we're going to do it together. And he breaks down barriers across the organization to get the most out of everybody. So it's just, it's been a huge honor for me to work with him. I've learned so much from him and it's fun to see him have these types of accomplishments. And he'll be away from the ball club for a wedding the next two days. But it seems like if he does have to miss time, and it really came to the forefront last year, a transition is seamless. And why will that be the case this weekend with DeMarlo Hale running the ball club? Yeah, we have a really, um, uh, have had a stable group of major league coaches on our staff for a long time. So there's a group that's been with Tito, knows how he manages a game. In addition, although DeMarlo is new this year, he's been with Tito in the bench coach role before. Um, DeMarlo is tremendous. He knows exactly how Tito manages a game. So it's it's kind of a seamless thing. Um, obviously, you know, we, we can't wait to get Tito back, but it's wonderful that he's able to go to his daughter's wedding and, and be there to celebrate. And given the, the group of coaches that we have, we feel great and totally comfortable with them getting us through a couple of games here. Always fun to catch up with Mike Chernoff and get his perspectives on the ball club. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Rosie Report. Thanks, as always, going out to Bart Swain, Court Ferry Trip, Austin Contrulis from Indians PR. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Thanks, as always, for listening and downloading the Rosie Report. This has been the Rosie Report. 